0: Welcome back, everybody, to Too Much Pod Tar. It's been a while since we've been on here, uh, since we did the season previews, previewing every division. Uh, me and Chris were talking about before the recording started, that, uh, the you know, the last time me and him were on, we're de- previewing the AL East, and my, oh, my, did it go much different than at least I expected. And my Yankees, of course, didn't even make the playoffs, but then, you know, Blue Jays and Rays both got knocked out in the in the wild card round and now i have him on the show to talk about that a little bit and also previewing the next round and of course johnny black is back on as well and his twins are you know off to the next round the division series and you know johnny it's been a while so i'll let you have the floor and talk about how what it means to you to have the twins actually win a series postseason series
1: Oh, it's it's incredible. Just winning the game was something that hasn't happened in nearly 20 years. So, I mean, taking two in a row from Toronto. I mean, sorry, Chris, but, you know, it was it was the first first series we won since 2002, since we okay. made it to the ALCS against the Angels. But I mean, it's great. It's great, especially seeing a kid Royce Lewis at two home runs in game one. And, you know, just watching the pitching. We finally have some pitching that can get guys out. Starters, you know, Lopez and Gray pitch great, and you know, we'll see. Houston's a tough call. Defending world champs yeah, we got in this round, but you know, we'll see how it goes. We were actually 4-2 and two against them this year, right. so we, they're beatable.
0: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it later uh, as we go through each series. Uh, we're going to talk about Every wild card series that happened, and talk a little bit about you know what went on. Obviously, all the more sweeps, so it was kind of you know anticlimactic. It didn't nothing happen where we got a you know best of all game three, and um, you know it's been in the past we've had just one game for wild cards, and that was exciting. So it kind of brought down the excitement, but I think each game was still pretty exciting. So it's still we still have as much excitement as we had in the past, just not like a winner-take-all game. But I think in this next round and then going forward, we're gonna get, you know, game. I think we're gonna end up getting some game fives here in this division series round, and then the championships series and World Series. Hopefully, we get some game sevens as well, because those are the best sports in all of sports. Game seven. Um, but I guess we'll jump into to recapping each. Each series of the wild card round, and we'll start with, of course, like we just said, the Twins beating the Blue Jays. Um, and welcome to the postseason. Royce Lewis was like one of the first takeaways from that series as it started, as he hit in his first two at bats of his postseason career, hitting two bombs. And he's actually the second Twins player to hit have two have two or more home runs in a postseason game. Uh, in their history, first was the 1987 ALCS Game One. Uh, Gary Ga- Gaetti hit two off of Doyle Alexander, so that was pretty interesting to see that stat. Um, so you know, Twins well, Twins win their first series in many many years, and then they also have a player do something like that that hasn't been done in a while. So that was pretty cool to see if, uh, some of the th- some of the stats that happened in this you know in this wild card round. And, of course, like uh, Johnny mentioned, you know, breaking the 18... uh, Breaking their postseason series win streak. uh, First time since 2002 that they did that. It was nine straight rounds lost. And that was actually one shy of tying the all-time record for loss... For series losses in a row. So that was crazy. And then uh, breaking an 18-game postseason losing streak in the first win of the game one. So... A lot of stuff you know getting broken there um and of course what johnny said it's gonna be tough to move on from here uh with the against the astros but yeah i guess uh I'll, i'm gonna ask chris uh what he thought of what the blue jays uh did in that series you know that's what he wanted to be on here for so but uh, what what really went wrong for you guys
2: yeah first off yeah i like to agree with your sentiment alex a hats off to that minnesota twins team it was funny um, the sentiment among Jays fans kind of felt like as we we're talking about earlier, you know, grab that second wild card spot, and go to Minnesota, and we can beat the Twins. Where I was kind of like, pump the brakes here. You know, the Twins team won the AL Central. You know, the worst division in mm-hmm. baseball, but they're they were sneaky good all year long. Obviously, they have a good pitching staff with Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, and we kind of saw that in the series. And I'm so just disappointed and frustrated as a Jays fan where all year it's so funny, the same things that hampered this team all year long but the same old, same old in this series, the inability to cash runners on base, I think they left, I tweeted out, 29 batters on base, 18 innings of baseball you have 14 hits, one of them for extra bases and obviously we'll get into the decision to pull Barrios, I'm sure at length, but and then you get the base running blunders on base where your best player is standing on second base with Boba shut out, two out in a must win playoff game and he gets picked off. Where it's the same old same old with Vladimir Guerrero all year long. He's been making these base running mistakes all season, and it costs his team at the biggest game of the year.
0: Right. Yeah, that was just awful. Like he he should not be even taking a lead at all. Like. You got your best. You got Bobuchet, like one of your best hitters, up at the plate, and you you can't. You have to just. You have to make sure you're not gonna get get picked off there. Like I don't care. You can. He should be standing on, on on the base. I, he should be like, for a guy like that, he's not gonna go anywhere. So why? I don't even know why he's taking a lead at all.
2: Alex, I've never seen a team create so many boneheaded outs on the bases. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: yeah I've actually I mean I've seen the Yankees make some dumb mass mis- mistakes in the bases too so I've I definitely it's uh, maybe it's an ALEs problem they just don't know how to run the bases re- correctly <laughs> <laughs> what If you uh, just did you have anything else to add to the series uh, for the for the twins Johnny
1: Yeah, I mean I I was shocked at the base runner. not just That base running error, but I mean, I don't know if you can call it a base running blunder I think it was Bichette that tried to score after the the bounding ball got past uh, Yeah, what's his name a mm-hmm. third and Correa made that throw that side-on throw that got him yeah. at home. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I just don't know why you're going at that. But like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess runs are hard. at that point runs were hard to come by. But I mean, I don't know that that looked like kind of a chance to take yeah. when the ball's still in the infield. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, aside yeah. from the Vlad thing, I mean, aside from Vlad getting picked off, I mean, mm. I would just say that might have been kind of a base in Bond two But also too, I mean. It was it's not like the, the twins were killing the ball either mm-hmm. i mean no. I went two nothing and three to one like let's not say that it was the offense was just like dominating i yeah. mean you know it was the pitching i mean gassman did what he could in game one mm-hmm. did his thing and they should have left barrios in. i yeah. don't understand why they didn't believe him in and to, of all people to bring in kikuchi mm. like God, that's right it's not like you're bringing in like, <laughs> it's not like you're bringing in some like ace or something like
2: yeah
1: or a great reliever or something like that like you're bringing in kikuchi like why yeah
2: i, I don't didn't get he, it yeah.
1: I, I didn't understand that move and you know i had mm-hmm. I, I don't know i had i'm just happy to twins one Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, like I said, it's not what the offense impressed me, and the Twins' offense better get it going against Houston because oh, yeah. they're not going to be winning these three to one, two nothing games. Not against Verlander and Valdez who were starting the first two games.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and nice. one thing I wanted to mention, one thing I, well, we'll mention it later when we preview this next series. But I'm surprised that a couple of the starters that are going in Game One next series. But we'll yeah, mention that later.
0: Yeah, I was a little surprised too. I didn't hate the Bichette play as that. much because
2: you're obviously not mustering up as anything offensively where you take off there, you force the issue, try and be aggressive. I mean, Correa just made a hell of a play. It's just a tip-your-cap moment. Like, on the run to throw right. a dart to home. Yeah.
1: I get it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not really yeah. that much of a base run I wonder. I mean, Correa did make a great play on that. That was, you know, to pick that up barehanded and just sidearm it, perfect strike. You know, right. that... Uh, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things. As soon as he saw that it went past, like, uh, then he wanted to just go, like, like he thought. Uh, I think he thought it was just going to go right through the infield at that point.
1: Like, yeah, and he didn't really slow down either. No. I mean, so I give Bichette, I, I give Bichette the benefit of the doubt, trying to make something happen. Yeah. You know, I get it. I get it. So, all right, I retract that. Like, I, I, you know, it's not no, that, no, It's yeah. not as bad
2: as Vlad. No, it's one of those. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not. Guys, one run in 18 innings of baseball for a team that before the season was getting all this hype for supposedly being one of the best offenses in baseball.
0: Yeah.
1: What happened to Matt Chapman?
2: Dude, dude he was
1: like an MVP in April. Right. And then the rest of the season, like, forgot how to hit. Johnny, after that
2: first month where he was arguably the best hitter in baseball, it's been downhill ever since. He was 385 since. in yeah. the first month of the season. Like, but the average ticked down all year long. And what is Matt Chapman for his career? Probably about a 240 hitter, 230, 240. Yeah, yeah somewhere around there. Well, he wasn't going to hit 380.
1: No. I mean, that's for sure. But I mean, no. he he was hitting like in the 100s for a couple months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, his, his career batting average is actually right at two forty. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, he's got to be at least, I mean, if, you, if you're if you a Matt Chapman and you're hitting two forty, with, say, 30 bombs, mm-hmm. and you're playing gold glove defense, that's fine. Take that at their base every day. But to do what he did the last few months of the
2: season was just, you know, I mean, that's bad to do what a lot of the Jays hitters did like Dalton Varshow was a guy you're counting on to be a top of the order hitter and
0: mm-hmm. I think he finished the year what yeah.
2: 220 20 home runs like really struggled the last half of the season and You got didn't guys run like,
1: it all this year really either no, right
0: no no, no.
2: And you guys did like, Bichette yeah and then we'll get into Vladi, I, mean, I pick, another I, I year pick, with Vladi where the average ticks Bichette down again. I the beginning
1: of the year. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm talking over you.
2: No, I was just going to say, we can get into flatty too, or we're another year, two years removed from the MVP caliber season where, once again, the average ticks down, the power numbers are down, the home runs are down. It's just not mm-hmm. good.
1: Yeah, he's still young enough, though. He can turn it around. Same thing with Bichette. I mean, Bichette's a good hitter anyway. I would just, I had Bichette pegged, pegged for a 30-30 guy this year.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, coming
1: mm-hmm. into his own, he's got some pop. You know, and with the bigger bases and all the the new rules. And, you know, I, I figured this guy was good for 30 stolen bases. when mm-hmm. he runs. Yeah. You know, it kind of shocked me. He, he didn't have the, the season I thought he was going to have either. No. I actually thought Toronto was going to win a division, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I think I in the, be, so. be, in the beginning of the season,
1: in the beginning of the season, I had Toronto, I think, winning the American League, going to the World Series. Wow! Just because yeah. I thought they i mean, with their pitching, Barrios with a little bit of a bounce back year, Gaussman as their ace, Kikuchi getting Ryu back yep. later in the year, Bassett—you know—I mean, I Jordan Romano closing games. I mean, and their offense with Chapman and. Guerrero and Bouchette and Bar show they brought in and Kiermaier and like all the like <laughs> I thought this was gonna be a great year for Toronto to be honest with you
2: yeah it's, it's funny what if I told you before the season the Jays would have the second lowest team ERA in baseball you probably think win the East, win a couple playoff right. rounds yeah. they're right well, back yeah. where they Wasn't were a year crazy? ago I know
0: yeah Who'd have thought the Orioles? I knew the Orioles were going to be good, like pretty good, but I didn't think they were going to win 100 games. I didn't think they were going
1: to sustain what they did all year. Oh, I really did. not I was waiting for their fall off, yeah. and they just never did. Oh, they're, they're going to be good for a long time. The Orioles are a problem. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're going be good for a while. That yeah. lineup is. That lineup is good and that that starting staff is better than I expected.
0: Oh, yeah and They still got like they still keep developing in the in the farm system like They're one of the best teams to develop develop players.
1: Oh Yeah, they still got I mean between Jordan Westberg and Colton Cowser, They still got more guys coming up. Isn't holiday yeah, Jackson, too, Jackson holiday. too. Yeah, Jackson holiday and they already have rushman they yeah. already have Gunnar Henderson, who's going to win the rookie of the year this year. The only reason Rushman didn't win it last year is because Julio Rodriguez was off the mm-hmm. chain. But, yeah. I mean, they still have Mountcastle. They still have Hayes Mullins and Santander in the outfield. Like, they're a scary team, dude. Yeah. I know. They're going to be good for a while. I mean, Creamer and Bradish this year really stepped up. Yep. You know, and they got John Means back.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. People forget how good he was.
1: He came back from Tommy John surgery. He only pitched four games this year, but yeah. he looked pretty good in those four games that he came back from. They get him for a full year next year. If they go sign another pitcher next year. And don't forget, they lost their closer.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, went down. So.
1: Mm-hmm. so
0: they're a solid team, man. Oh, they yeah, like problem. I said,
1: they're gonna be good for a while.
0: Yeah, they. I'm I'm worried the Yankees are gonna end up like finishing like towards the bottom of that division for the next couple of years. Like they're they're gonna be end up being in another rebuild.
2: I don't know, Alex. Like I mean, relating, Yankees and Red Sox. Yeah, relating this back to the Jays, like I see the Orioles have all like these young prospects coming up. Like when's the last Jays prospect that's been good besides Vladdy and Bichette? Like where's our influx of talent? It's such an indictment on this front office.
1: Well, you lost out with Biggio because Kevin Biggio didn't turn out like you thought no. he was going to. You had I mean, all the kids. Yeah, Guerrero and Bichette, the kids of major league players. You thought Biggio was going to be the second baseman of the future to go yeah. into that infield, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. You know, although he redeemed himself a little bit this year, he might, he might have a little turnaround. How old is he? I mean, he's still young. He's what, still 26? Young. Yeah, still young.
0: Yeah, he's still pretty
2: young. He was
0: I mean, cleaning up for a while. So,
1: he actually hit toward the end of the year so yeah, i mean he you know i mean Merrifield did nothing mm, yeah so vizio might actually he might work his way back into a starting second baseman slot next year and well, gonna you may him. see him turn it around
2: like witt's got a mutual option and i don't think he's going to come back based on the comments he made after the game and yeah. everything i'm hearing probably
1: not no
2: Mad i traveling. don't see him coming back Chapman's probably looking for one final payday after you know, yeah he
1: no He's a free agent? Yeah Is he? I think he's, oh, okay. he's a free agent. I didn't
2: agent. know he was a free agent. I think Kiermaier's a free agent, um mm. Witt's a free agent, Chapman's a free agent, Jordan Hicks is a free agent, Brandon Belt's a free agent. Like if you have yeah, blue agent, what do you do from here?
1: I think you let you gotta let wit walk I mean, yeah you know, yeah he, you know he's not he's not what they expect him to be and he's getting older too so. yeah I mean, he was a late bloomer yeah. and you know you let I, him walk
0: I think yeah, I'd let Chapman walk too yeah because he yeah but, but who do you have a third I, I, don't I don't know, know. He's it, gonna he still now? brings it like defensively he's still one of the best but he just doesn't have it offensively like no
1: well, do you, who do you put at third if you're the Blue Jays? Do you put, no, no. do you try Vigio there or do you put Espinal there? Do you, you have Santa go, You gotta go sign uh, someone. Espinal for that. Sign who? I don't yeah, know. I don't know, know. That's the that's thing. Tough. I was actually, not to get off, too off topic, but we always do. But I was mm-hmm. having this conversation with a Met friend of mine, and he was talking about Pete Alonso, because mm-hmm. now he signed with Boris Corp. So Scott Boris. Yeah. And he was telling me, he, he's like, why don't you just sign a guy 10 years, 30, 300 million? Just give the you don't find forty home runs and hundred RBIs everywhere. No. And I was even saying to him, I was like, Yeah, where where are you gonna find a first baseman? Goldschmidt, Freeman, and Olsen are all set. Yeah. Where they are. So who's better? Aside from those three, who's a better first baseman in the major leagues than Pete Alonso? But here's no one close. No one, no. No, not really. There's yeah. no one close. That's available? There's no one close. No. Obviously, Vladdy's not going anywhere. So even if you want to put him in that conversation, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, Can I,
2: want to I ask, ask you guys that if you put yourself in the front office, like the shoes of the Jays' front office, would you sign Vladdy currently to
0: a long-term deal? Yes. Yeah, I Think would. Think so.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because he's. I mean, he's still like Johnny said earlier. He's still young, and he's still got time to. You know, oh. he had like he's had that MVP season. Just not too long ago, so I think just he's got to work on, you know, keeping him consistent and doing like what he does best is like hitting for power and you know do all that. So
2: to me, the goal would be show up next year in shape, and he's got to work on being like more of a pro. Where I don't know, we saw kind of early with Bryce Harper where he was like this superstar phenom. You know, obviously these guys mm-hmm. love playing the game, but there's a little bit of antics that come with it. But Bryce Harper now, like, when it's time to go, like, it's time for business, it's time for business. He's, yeah, like, no shit ready to go with Vladdy. It's kind of, you get all, like, the antics. You get, like, all these blunders on base. And, I don't know, I just feel like he's got to be, he's got to grow up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that, because he... Some of the things he, of course, like he said, "Oh, this is my house." Like when he was celebrating, and then you know how that turned out. But you know, saying some of the things he says is kind of like immature, and he got he's got to keep his head like on the on the prize and or eyes on the prize. His head like in the right spot. Like it's you know sometimes it's too much talk. Like you got to be able to back it up. Yeah, I
2: think what the Jays got to do is find a big power bat that can hit cleanup to kind of protect Vladdy and Bichette a little bit. They had so yeah. many different lineup combinations during the year where it was like BGO hitting fourth, Kirk, Chapman, where teams know if they can get Vladdy and Bichette out or pitch around them. Six to nine in the Jays order is really nothing to be feared. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe it's like... A, Maybe a Cody Bellinger, or maybe a Teoscar Hernandez. Sadly, but I just I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah.
0: I just worked on that uh, that jersey swap, it came out pretty good. <laughs> that, yeah.
2: And now you have I don't know, that's Go
1: Got ahead Johnny. It, sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. No, I was just saying like I, I think I think the first thing is building around Vladimir and Bichette. Yeah. I mean, I get get it, Vladdy. Like you said, the Bryce Harper comp was perfect mm-hmm. because that is true. Bryce Harper came up when he was 19 years old. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16 years old. Yeah, in high the school. next superstar. Yeah. Like I mean, this dude was, and he's lived up pretty much. A two-time MVP. I mean, he's lived up to a lot of his hype, mm-hmm. but he's grown up. Like you said, he's grown up got yep. into the fight with jonathan Papelbon and, yeah. and all that shit the dugout and you know blah 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 all that bullshit but now he's the face of the phillies franchise yeah you know and not only that what spoke volumes for bryce harper is that he went there no opt-out
0: mm-hmm.
1: i want to stay here for the rest of my career 13-year yep. deal that's oh, it yeah. no opt-out 13 years 300 million boom i'm set so Maybe something like that for Vlad in Toronto. I mean, something like that for Bichette. If you keep the both of them, you build around that. Yeah. If Biggio shows up, maybe he's a, maybe he's a late bloomer. Maybe he, you know, takes him a little time. You know, maybe you give him, give him a contract. You know, and go with what the original plan was to have these kids playing the infield, and then, you know. Chapman, like you said about the big bopper behind Vlad, Chapman didn't work out. No. When Dude was hitting 30 home runs a year in t- Oakland, you would yeah. have thought at the Rogers center he was going to be <laughs> like crushing the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and you got him in his prime. Yeah. What is he, 28, 29? I mean, so you thought mm-hmm. he was going to be another Josh Donaldson, basically. And it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, I don't also, know what power yeah, you're going to get. Teoscar Hernandez, I don't think is the answer. No, he's not. Of all. No. no, no, no. But, I mean, at third base is a little tough because a lot of teams are all set on it. third base, and it doesn't really, I don't know. But like I said, if you go
2: with Espinal or someone like that. It also doesn't help. George, George Springer not really a leadoff guy anymore. Not in my eyes. no no it's not where you're paying 20 plus million dollars for a year for a guy you can't play center field anymore and is not a true leadoff man it's just i knew that contract wasn't going to age great when they signed it they really signed it as like a four-year deal for that two-year window where the jays thought they're going to take the next step but here we are with this front office they've been here eight years and they haven't won a playoff series last time they won was in 2016 and that was really alex Anthopoulos' team
0: Right. hmm Yeah. Yeah. That was the was that the Batista. That was, was that the Batista thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It went on Carnastyon and Carnacion. Yeah, walked
0: off Baltimore. Oh yeah, yeah the Carnegie like, Cris- In- one too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well Batista walked off that uh, the original bad flip.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was And then one. he got
1: knocked the fuck out by Rubenetto Dor the next year.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get but
1: into it? That's, that's great. That's great cinema, though. you got to love it. I'd
2: love to get your guys' Uh, thoughts on... Sorry, Alex. The whole um, polling burial situation. Like, this battle between, like, analytics and having a feel for the game and letting the manager dictate. Because it's been a hot topic of conversation here in Toronto the past couple days.
0: Yeah. I I think it was the stupidest move. Like, if you're... uh, I mean... If you're the man, if you're the manager in that situation, like, like if the analysts are telling you one thing, like, why do you even listen to them? Like, you need to have that, like, human element in the game. So that's one of the situations where you just go against it. Like, I don't even know what analytics are telling you to pull them there anyway. None.
2: That makes no sense. The guys, this um, doesn't make any sense. The decision didn't. I don't think came from John Schneider. I think it came from upstairs, from and Shapiro. Yeah, I agree. I probably did. Where they're big believers in analytics, where they might see numbers, you know, second, third time through the order, a pitcher's more susceptible. But it's not like Barrios was in a jam or anything. He walked one guy. Yeah. It's not like the bases yep. were loaded. It's not like he's throwing wild pitches. He walked one guy. The guy had his sharpest stuff of the season, according to everyone in that building and everybody watching on TV. He looked awesome. It's yeah. his former team. Oh, yeah. And you go out there and pull them. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the season, guys, you say Kikuchi's ERA started to tick up a little bit? He had some pretty bad outings. I think there was one against Texas where he got burned for five or six runs. And then his numbers in playoff series as a reliever, I think he has an ERA just a tick under five. So it's not like Kikuchi's his dynamite reliever, where okay. you go to him and he starts getting guys out. But... I think they had this preconceived idea, even before the game, where Berrios gets, like, one or maybe two turns through the order that we're going to Kikuchi no matter what, where I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it feels like a bunch of organizations in baseball, you're kind of losing out on, like, the old school manager who runs the team, and all decisions are kind of coming from upstairs.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. And it it's not... Good no, that way. I mean, and like you said, see, I'm sorry, but then uh, I'll go back to like fantasy baseball. All right. I said a couple years ago, a few years ago. I remember talking about Carlos Santana just to use an example. Yeah. I'm just using it as a general example. Carlos Santana went to the Phillies. He had a horrible year with the Phillies. Remember? He was bad. Now Carlos Santana was like. The, one of the most consistent players in Cleveland that you could ever want, especially on a fantasy baseball team. 20, 25 home runs, 80 runs, 80 ribbies, walk a bunch. He was, that, that's what, who he was. And you got him later in the rounds because, you know, if you played in an OBP league, that was great. Make a long story short, he went to Philly. The following year, when he went back to Cleveland, I was like, by Carlos Santana. Because that's the human element of it. He went back home. The same thing could be said for Berrios. When he was pitching, why do you take him out after 40? He's pitching against his old team. He wants to beat his old team. This is like, there's an extra element there. There's a human element there that analytics doesn't account for. And that was the problem I had with that. If, Barry, if Barrios didn't play for the Twins previously and wasn't drafted by them, I wouldn't have had as much of a problem with it. I still have a problem with it, but I wouldn't have as much of it. But the fact that he played for Minnesota and came up with Minnesota, the fact that he's playing him in the playoffs, you leave him in.
2: She makes it even worse, I, Johnny, I'm, because like, the second half of the year, he was dynamite. He was arguably their best pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he was good. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I just think the human element, like you guys were talking about, like it, it gets lost like that. And the fact that Barrios played for 20, like that, that gets lost in the whole analytics. So it's like, all right, let's pull him. 47. Well, it's not like Kikuchi started and you're pulling him for 47
0: pitches and putting Barrios in.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the other way around. Like, why? So why are you doing it?
0: Yeah, what know? happened to using your gut? Like, Seems like nobody does that anymore.
1: Oh, and that's what I'm loving about, you know, that Bruce Bochy <laughs> got the Rangers going. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, these old school guys. Like, <laughs> Yeah, let's bring a Madison Bumgarner. He just pitched two days ago. Let's bring him in and relief. Really... <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the 2014 World Series. Mm-hmm. You know, but analytics would have told him, no no, 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 no. What you the hell are you that. doing? What are you doing?
0: Yeah. Uh, do you want, guys want to move on to the next series?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we don't have to talk about the Jays anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, yeah, the other AL wildcard series was the Rangers against the Rays. Uh, like I said earlier, Rays got knocked out. And Rangers, um, in the first game, which this is part of the show that's going to make me sick talking about because... Two former Yankees, starting with Jordan Montgomery, he pitched an absolute gem in the first game. Seven shutout innings, five strikeouts, no walks, six hits. Uh, He just shut down the Rays lineup, and then who else? But Aroldis fucking Chapman comes into the game and shuts them (laughs) down for the eighth inning. So, yeah, two former Yankees pitching against the Rays and completely shuts them down. And wish it would have been in a Yankees uniform, but, you know. Yankees got Harrison Bader, and then you know what happened with him. Uh, with unfortunate circumstances, of course, with the injury, but it's just, I I wish they, I wish we could take that trade back, because um, Jordan Montgomery maybe maybe not though because like, I don't know maybe he just wasn't meant for New York like some pitchers are, meant for New York some pitchers aren't, they just not meant for that you know big lights maybe that he's one of them like Sonny Gray, he was in New York and he failed miserably, um, but Montgomery was not the same, because Montgomery actually pitched well with the Yankees when he was there, sometimes, some games he just wasn't himself, he didn't always pitch that great, but other times he was on his game, and, I mean, I loved Bader when he was with the Yankees, when he was healthy, when he was playing, he gave, he gave them, you now everything he had, he was, he grew up a Yankees fan, um, so I liked having him, but I just wish they had the that starter because now behind Cole they really don't have that you know kind of they don't really have much behind him that they can rely on you know with Severino was supposed to be that guy but he just hasn't been that ace type of pitcher that we've known to see and then we've known um, and obviously he's a free agent after this year and I don't think they're going to bring him back but I guess that's enough about the Yankees I'm going to forget about that because this is about the postseason. Um, so, yeah, the Rangers won the first game 4 0. And then, you know, didn't really give much of a question in the second game, winning 7 1. Dulles Garcia home run in the fourth inning, broke the 0 0 tie. And then we've got an Evan Carter home run. Uh, every hitter in that Rangers lineup got at least one hit. And then also another dominant pitching performance, Nathan Evaldi. Uh, who was probably going to end up finishing second behind Garrett Cole in the Cy Young race? Uh, six and two-thirds innings, eight strikeouts, no walks, six hits, gave up just one run, um, and that's that's how that turned out. And they swept them two games, uh, two games. So yeah, Rangers, like like you said, Johnny Bruce Bochy's Rangers, one of the old school, school guys making it to the division series, and gonna be facing the Orioles who we talked about earlier gonna be um, gonna be good for many many years so now it's the first chance to you know be back in this in the playoffs for was it I believe it's been since was it 2016 for them too I forget
1: yeah they lost the wild card in 2016
0: oh uh, yeah that was that was yeah forget about that
1: yeah uh, 2014 though is the year they could
2: have
0: had it but yeah, but yeah another quick, thing I wanted to yeah. mention
2: sorry go ahead So see, yeah quick series I didn't expect the Rays to go as quietly into the night as they did but what I love about this Texas team is in both games it was guys from all, all over the order right Corey Seeger shined Nathaniel Lowe Adulis Garcia Josh Jung they're deep they hit and then obviously you talked about Montgomery that's why you make the move for him right you mm-hmm. see so your pitching staff He's an arm midseason. You grab him and he shines for you in the playoffs. And now you're off to the LDS.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought with Texas too? Mm-hmm. Because of all things. All right, you start the year with Jacob Degrom. He gets hurt, done for the season. Yeah. And then you make the trades. It's trading that one. You get Montgomery and Scherzer. Oh yeah. And then Scherzer's done montgomery and eovaldi become your aces and this is where we're at (laughs) it's like you just never know man and i tell you i love montgomery i i like montgomery i drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues this year like montgomery's a good pitcher yeah he's a good pitcher and he's a free agent he's going to be one of his top free agent pitchers. Uh, this year 30 years old and he, every time he wins a play, like a playoff game, like he did against the Rays, the way he pitched, oh, he's tacking on a couple million. <laughs>
0: His contract. Right. I wonder if Brian Cashman thinks about bringing him back. Well, he's going to be, honestly, he's going to be the top
1: guy. Him and Sonny Gray.
0: Yeah.
1: Are going to be the top two pitchers, basically. All right. Pre agingly.
0: Another thing I wanted to bring up was I saw some people on... Twitter or whatever it's called these days, um, it's people like complaining about the Rangers celebrating winning, going on and like winning a series. They're saying, "Oh, they celebrated too much." They're blah 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 blah. blah. You still got to win the next like. It's like they haven't been here in so in a while. They always celebrate like,
2: baseball, the sports. You celebrate
0: solar. you if you move. Uh, yeah, it's a hard sport and. If you move on one round it's like you celebrate you have the time it's like they don't have another game until saturday so it's like why why are you climbing them for celebrating moving on for the in the division series for the first time in like i think the last time they were there was probably 2015 or 2014 but it's like you're allowed to celebrate like i don't understand why you can't let people do what they want to do and like focus Focus. They're gonna end up focusing on the next series when you know. Obviously, today recording. This is Friday, so they're obviously now they're focused on it since the series starts tomorrow on Saturday. So, I you can celebrate in the moment and then just and then move on. It's not like they're like I don't know, like the Padres fans celebrating like they won the World Series after like last year when they won that series, but uh, they just, they did what they they celebrated, like, let them be. I just don't get it. And, uh, what a like, fall. Every team does it.
2: What a fall by the Tampa Bay Rays. Eh? They jump out to this hot start to the season, look like the best team in baseball, mm-hmm. dynamite offense. Then the second half of the year, they really start to regress a little bit. Obviously, the Orioles jumped them in the division to kind of run away with the AL East. Yeah. And then you're 2 and out to the playoffs where I thought they were a team that could still make a run, which Tampa seems to do every single year, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's. I was completely wrong, though. My prediction, I said they were going to miss the playoffs entirely, but. I remember you making is a second, that prediction, yeah. This is, a, this is a, a good secondary option, though. Missing, I mean, getting ousted in the first round.
2: And that's another team where. I would ask, where do you go from here, where you're a good squad, but you kind of lack that star power which it takes to win these playoff series and get over the hump and ultimately win a World Series? Obviously, they have a good influx of talent, we all know. They develop pitchers seemingly better than everybody in baseball, but yeah, eventually that lack of like a superstar, superstar
0: catches up to you. Yeah, just, I think the lack of, like, wanting to go out, like, and spend money is kind of hurting them at this point. Like, they need, like you said, they need a superstar type of player to bring in and, you know, build around.
2: Like, they're a team that will always be competitive in the ALEs just based on their player development and the way they can identify talent in the draft and turn it out, but at what point you take a look at your organization and say like how can we get over the hump and win the World Series Yeah. well I think a lot has to do too with their health yeah
1: I mean yes all, every team has their issues the Rangers lost to Grom and they lost Scherzer later in the year and John Gray is gone and like I get but the Rangers lost Jeffrey Springs yeah. three starts into the season they lost Rasmussen they lost Shane McClanahan like they lost three of their starting five, basically that they we're looking at in the beginning of the year, and they still won 99 games. Right. What, what more can you do? All right, you get to the playoffs, and all right, you shift the bet against the Rangers. I mean, your offense didn't play, <laughs> but I mean, what more can you do?
2: Yeah. Doesn't it feel like they did like, have a yeah. good?
1: They had a good team going into the season, yeah. and they turned out a 99-win team.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, they lost the division to a 101-win Baltimore Orioles team. I mean, it's not like they got destroyed. Yeah. Yes, they started off hot, but they also started off against what was the Kansas City, Oakland, and the White Sox or something like that. Like, they they played crap teams in the beginning. Yes, and those are the teams you have to beat, obviously, but I don't know. The Rays, I thought, and like I said in the article I wrote third down Thursdays was after August 12th, which is when they lost Wander Franco, for basically mm. the rest of his life.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they were 28 and 15 the rest of the year, so they lost one of their best players and they went 28 and 15 without having three of the top starters from the beginning of the year. I picked the Rays to win, <laughs> to beat the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, I just thought like uh, this is what the Rays do. Like this yeah. next man up mentality is like
2: incredible. I've never seen a but team But they just did yeah. it done. I've never I mean, seen a team see I've never seen a team run into so many like arm problems with pitchers year after year. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, maybe the Mets. The Mets,
2: yeah. what
0: <laughs> about uh, while yeah, we're well, I mean, on that subject it. though, fuck Wander Franco. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Big time. But
1: uh, and when we go to the Dodgers, you can fuck Julio Urias too.
0: Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and fuck all the Stratman.
1: Oh
0: yeah, all of them. The fucking all prison team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those in Major League. Yeah. <laughs> and they talk to Charlie Sheen, Wild Thing, Ricky Vaughn. Where yeah. you play? California Penal League. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> California Penal <laughs> League. <Yep. laughs>
0: Another thing about the Rays, too, is just how their attendance continues to be terrible year after year. Like, they need to definitely find some other, somewhere else to play, because I know, oh, it's like, awful. Rays nice fans, game. too, are saying, like, like, oh, it's a Tuesday afternoon, everybody's working. It's like, well, did you see Minnesota? The fucking Twins have, they had incredible attendance every for both games. See Philadelphia? And, and Philadelphia, too, yeah. yeah uh, Well, fucking, you know... Rays Fans have the lowest attendance. Rays had the lowest since 1919, at only 19,704. Like, God, that's awful.
2: Florida's not really a and sports. And even
1: during sport, the eh? season, the only other team, the only other teams during the season that you have bad attendance like that are teams that suck. Yeah. But even teams like Pittsburgh and the Royals and the Rockies. I'm not going to include the Athletics because they're just. A dumpster fire, but mm-hmm. the other teams who were dumpster fires at this point—they still draw plans. They yeah. still go to the games. Yeah, the Rays just don't. And the Rays—the Rays are a 90-win team, like every year. And you talk about even their home games against the away team, like the away teams coming in. They play Boston. They play the Yankees. They play Baltimore. They play like these teams coming in that draw well wherever they go. Yeah. And the race still don't draw well. <laughs> like, no. I don't understand it's it. It's crazy. There's something there. There's something there in the area. They just
2: they just don't draw. It's just not a it's sports market. Like look at um. Yeah. Look at the Buccaneers before. Look at this Buccaneers before Brady came. Like, how many people oh, consistently yeah. went to Tampa Bay Buccaneers games? They're probably, what, amongst the lowest attendance in the NFL? Brady comes, obviously. They had the Spike win the Super Bowl. And now they're back to ticket it down towards where they've averaged the last decade. It's the same thing with the Rays. It's just not like a true. it's true, not a baseball town. Yeah. True, no, true, true dynamite not. sports market. It's just not a baseball
1: town. Florida is not a baseball. Florida is it? Florida's great for spring training. Yeah, football,
2: maybe, could Jags, Dolphins, a college. I yeah. would
1: venture to say 75% of the people who live in Florida mm-hmm. are from the north. Yeah. yeah. And they root for the Mets, and they root for the Yankees. And they root for the Boston. I mean, they're not Tampa Bay
0: Rays fans. No. No. And they just, you know go, what they mean? just like, go there when the Yankees play them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And even with that, the Rays still draw like the worst attendance in the league yeah you know i don't know
0: know. that could be a whole other show (laughs) oh yeah just going through all the attendance i think it's time to move on to the national league yeah (laughs) yeah so first series we're talking about is the diamondbacks and the brewers and uh, and wow, this Diamondbacks team is looking pretty damn scary because they got the offense, they got the pitching, the you know especially like that bullpen in the first game was was awesome. Like Fat didn't last; he only lasted two and two thirds, and then they just went, which by the way was second shortest in franchise postseason history for how long an outing was for a starter. But then the fr- it was a franchise record for leaf innings in one postseason, six and a third, scoreless by the way, uh, six to three win for the Diamondbacks, and the offense you know with young with the uh, Corbin Carroll who was you know one of the best young players in the game, and then also Gabriel Marino, the trade that uh, Mike like I was talking about before the shell might go down is one of the worst trades for the Blue Jays sp- stand for point um yeah not ideal More, moreno though he hit a home run too and carol moreno the first actually i saw this this crazy stat first pair of teammates 23 or younger at mlb history to homer in postseason debuts in the same game so that's that's just awesome to see that um and marino that his his uh, home run was an absolute bomb and he pimped it Well uh, it was 425 300 or 32 degree launch angle 105 miles an hour off the bat, so pretty, you know, he hit it pretty far, um, and just did a little pimp job on it and flipped the bat. It was, it was an awesome moment, electric, and it was crazy to see too. Milwaukee, uh, there was a lot of Diamondbacks fans too there that were cheering. So when they were putting up offense, and you know, winning, ended up winning the series, of course. So. Uh, Game two was they uh, they were actually trailing in the game and then came back to win, which ended up being fi- a final of five to two. Um, but they were losing two to nothing to begin the game. They didn't get a fir- didn't get a hit until the fifth inning. Actually, Alec Thomas with the home run off of Freddie to making it two one, and then Ketel Marte. Gave them the lead, and Lour- uh, Lourdes Gurriel, another player that was in that trade, for the Blue Jays, uh, made it five to two. And uh, Zach Gallen struggled to start the game, but settled in and was able to limit the Brewers uh, to only two those two runs. So it was all in all a good good game for him. Uh, and. We'll see what goes happens here moving forward. Obviously, that we're talk about more, but they're facing against the facing off against the Dodgers in the division series, which is going to be tough. But they actually played them pretty well in the regular season, so we ne- you never know what can happen. Um, and one thing, what- one one last thing I was going to mention about this was we had an all-time name matchup in the eighth inning. It was Sal Frank versus Sal relic. So, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, talk about a series I was completely wrong about. I thought Milwaukee was kind of a sleeper team in the National League, obviously, with Corbin Burns at the top of the rotation, but hats off mm-hmm. to that T-backs yeah. team, man. Like They're sneaky good. And obviously, you talked about the Gabby Moreno trade. It's Doesn't look good if you're a Jays fan. He's looks pretty dynamite for them. Obviously, the second half of the season hits a big home run in the playoffs. Arizona's good. They're good. Yeah. Interesting thing for, Mar-
1: for Arizona, like, that whole thing, is um, I had Milwaukee, too, but I also like kind of sidestepped it. but it, They needed to win that game one. Corbin Burns, because without Woodruff being there for Game Two, if they didn't win Game One, they weren't winning two games against Galen and Kelly.
0: No, and
1: you know, and we saw how Game One went. Yeah. So once they lost that, I was like, "Yeah, Diamondbacks got it," you know. But of course, Bob Nightingale too picked the Diamond. Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah. The Brewers. He picked the Brewers for his World Series pick and. We all knew how that was going to go. Yeah.
0: So It was over before it started.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all done. <laughs> it's all done. Thanks, Bob. I bet a shitload of money on the Diamondbacks in the head series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 like, <laughs> it's all good.
0: I honestly think, you know, the Diamondbacks kind of surprised me this year. I, did, I thought they were kind of – it seems like they were a year ahead of schedule because they – I thought this year they're gonna compete, but I did not I d I didn't I didn't think they're gonna make it this far. I'm like
2: Yeah, they're kind of a team where a lot of guys seem to take a step forward, like Alec Thomas, Rivera at third, obviously Corbin Carroll's a guy who could be in the MVP conversation one day. They got a lot um, of like good, good, solid young talent.
1: They actually have a, a shot against the Dodgers, not to mm-hmm. trying to get ahead of ourselves. I think so,
0: too. I think so, yeah.
1: Diamondbacks are rolling, man. They're rolling. And that offense gets going. People forget about Kettle Marte and Christian yeah. Walker,
0: too.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, like, those guys have been good. But, you know, yeah. people forget about the regular guys that, you know. And the Dodgers don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's No, scammy. Yeah, like Dodgers are kinda easier. Of... Yeah, they're Yeah. No, their the pitching, pitching is yeah. strong. Yeah. They,
2: Air... yeah they Arizona's don't... got Arizona's got the pitching to take it to the Dodgers too with Gallen, Merrill Kelly, like
0: they got arms. Definitely. So, yeah, the next series was uh Phillies Marlins. Uh, Phillies really went into that series. I don't think the Marlins had a chance, like, the whole time. Um, and, was, of course, sad news. They're probably not going to make the playoffs next year because they lost Sandy Alcantara to Tommy John surgery. So, they, like, without him, they're not going to – I really don't think they have a shot in that division. And with the Phillies and Braves being up there, I don't, I really don't think they're going to compete at all without their ace, one of the best pitchers in the game. So, it, they, they, the Phillies really took it to them. You know, the first game winning four to one. Uh, Zach Wheeler going out with six and two thirds, eight strikeouts, no walks, just one run. And then the bullpen finished it off, two and two, two and a third shutout. Jose Alvarado, Jeff Hoffman, and Craig Kimbrel closed it out. And then second game was seven to one. So it was pretty much, you know, it just wasn't gonna work out for the Marlins like as soon as, as as soon as they had to play the play the Phillies it was just over because this Phillies team is another dangerous team like with leading uh, led by Harper what who we talked about earlier that he's just one of the best hitters in the game uh, superstar you know so he's with him at the front when he's healthy he's you know they're they're always dangerous and he got guys around him that can do th- damage as well. They got the pitching, solid pitching staff and bullpen. So I, I think they can really go up against anybody, have a chance. And um, it was this, Bryson Stott grand slam in the sixth inning. I made it seven nothing, and that was at that point. It was over. End up winning seven one, like I said, and um, go on that, go on to the division series, where, where they're going to be playing those Braves, like I talked about. So gonna be interesting another interesting division series uh, where the division opponents actually play against each other so it'll be fun to watch for sure
2: yeah there's a mojo to this Phillies team they got like a world series vibe about them they're mm-hmm. rolling right now loaded with star talent obviously you talked about Harper but names throw throughout that lineup Zach Wheeler at the top of the rotation where they took it to a Marlins team and Braves, Phillies. is going to be a
0: lot of fun. Yeah. I'm excited for that.
1: I love the Phillies. I love that team. Yeah. Uh, They took it to Atlanta last year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't beat them this year. You know, uh, granted, they don't have Wheeler Nola going game one, two, but Mm – they didn't have that last year either. No. And they still took down the Braves. Was it three games to one, four games to one in the ALCS? last year? I mean. Yeah, I think so. This is the last team the Braves wanted to face in the ALDF. Yeah. The they, they were rooting for the Marlins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i tell you that. Right.
1: <laughs> they didn't want to see the Phillies
2: never really felt like miami had a shot in this series kind of a year year or two too early for this marlins team yeah
1: yeah miami just didn't they just don't have enough right now
2: no young team especially yeah. like you
1: said without Al- alcantara not being there they, their starting staff is just not not good enough and they, their hitting is not good enough no they don't have enough run producers there Arias is nice at the top of the lineup, and Soler has the power and stuff like that, but that's about it. Right. You know, that's, the, that's their team. Philly's lineup is deep. It's oh, so deep. Man, it's so deep. With that lineup. Yeah. You know, they're just, you know, they have probably one of the deepest lineups in the league.
2: Hmm. Nick Castellanos has to be the best six-hitter
0: in baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: I mean, you
0: know. Oh yeah, and you can you can peg him in for a home run in the next in tomorrow's game because Dick Butkus died. So <laughs> yeah, someone
1: yeah <laughs> Oh, he he's he's loading up because Wakefield died. Uh, oh Butkus yeah. died. <laughs> Brooks Robinson died last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just loading up.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: That, I I think they can take down the Braves. They're the one team in the National League that can take them down. I don't think the Dodgers can. I think the Phillies Mm -hmm. are the one team that can take Atlanta down. Yeah. Because they can outscore them. Oh yeah. I don't see. I don't. I don't see the Dodgers doing that. Even if the Dodgers, like, just say the Dodgers play the Braves. Mm -hmm. If the Dodgers play the Braves in the next round. I think the Braves take it.
0: Yeah, I I
1: agree. But Philly's the one team that I I think can take Atlanta, take them down.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Philly's the only team where they have a lineup that can go toe-to-toe with that Braves team, but also the arms too, 100%. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, with that, I guess we'll move on to the division, previewing the division series, and given our predictions of who we think is going to move on to the championship round. Um, we'll start off with the Twins against the Astros, um, and this is exciting because for not more than one reason, but one of the reasons is because Carlos Correa is going to face his old team, which is going to be really, you know, it's going to be cinema, um, and. The one question is, can Correa return to that form that we've known, we've been accustomed to seeing out of him in the in the postseason? Of course, he didn't have the greatest, you know, regular season. Only had a 7.11 well, OPS, hit just 230, 18 home runs. So it wasn't, you know, a Correa season we're accustomed to seeing. But I think. Like we talked about earlier, the human element—he's facing his old team. I, I think he's gonna go out and have a huge series here because facing the the Astros is—it's gonna give him extra motivation. And if the division series had—if they gave out MVPs for that for the division series—he would be the—he would be my pick for who who would win the MVP. So, I I think the Twins. Definitely have a shot against this team to, to move on and it's really a battle of experience versus inexperience because you know Astros obviously have won or have made the ALCS the last six years and the twins have, Trying to make it there for the first time in 21 years. So it's gonna I think that's what it's gonna come down to is can the twins is as much spirit experience as the astros have can they knock them out with you know some of the things that they have some of the pieces that they have what their pitching can definitely keep up i think their offense has what it takes so it's it's gonna be fun to find out but it's there's a lot of a lot of things riding on it uh bailey ober is interesting to go start game one against uh justin verlander so, I think the Astros, Astros definitely have the edge in game one um, with what we know Verlander can do uh, in the postseason. So, yeah,
2: like game one's going to be a big kind of tell for me. I think Minnesota can absolutely pull off the upset. But you got Verlander, who's like a proven postseason pitcher and has pitched in a big game before. And then you got Bailey Obergoy, who's obviously the inexperienced kid. But I think one area where Minnesota kind of holds an advantage is in the bullpen where this Houston bullpen during the season was leaky it's where they really struggled I think they were one of the uh, five lowest team ERAs in baseball where you obviously flip-flop and look at a team like Minnesota who has Duran, Pagan, like really good arms out of that bullpen so
0: yeah
1: Yeah, the Twins, I agree with you, Chris. The Twins' bullpen is sick. Uh, Their bullpen right now, I mean, with the additions that we... Guys who have gotten healthy, I mean Chris Paddock and Louis Verland. Uh, Louis Verland, he was a starter in the beginning of the year. Like, they transitioned him. But, I mean, Duran is nasty.
2: Duran is sick.
1: He is just Mm -hmm. filthy. At the end of that, at the end of that bullpen, and I mean guys like Griffin, Jacks, and stuff like that. Like they, you know, Emilio Pagan is a, like a vet. Like he's been around a while. Yeah. You know, and I'm actually surprised they're going with Bailey Ober, but it doesn't completely shock me because Joe Ryan's been off mm. since he came back from injury. He was tagged to start Game Three if we went to Game Three against Toronto. Mm -hmm. because they didn't even carry belly over on Mm -hmm. the roster Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because he had pitched Sunday he pitched the last game of the season and he pitched well so they gave him in game one you know and I think over he's been a good pitcher all year you know and I think if he's solid against Verlander Verlander owns the the, the twins if you look at the last few games of the yeah destroys the twins
0: yeah
1: but if over can at least you know match that and the twins can work twins hitters can work to the point where they get Berlin they're out in the sixth inning
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it comes down to a bullpen game and it's close yeah. I like the twins chances
2: that's kind of my thing I like process. the twins yeah. in the
1: series I think it's gonna go five yeah. but I like the twins chances mm-hmm
2: it's kind of my thought process for this series, yeah. too. You count on, you know, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, Bailey Ober, keep the game close and turn it over to that Twins bullpen. Where a lot of these series, these games, when you get to, like, the NLDS, the LDS and onward, the games are close. They're always, like, a one-run game, a two-run game, where most of the time it comes down to your bullpen being able to get big outs late. <clears throat> yeah, definitely.
0: It's... That's what I think is most exciting about postseason baseball is just it seems like a lot of the time it is like those one two run games that well it's going to come down to you know the bullpens and it's going to come down to that one big hit at the end of the game so it just depends on you know how what happens you know what how the twins uh, lineup can do against some of these pitchers that the uh, Astros have. Um, and if they can knock out Verlander, and I th- like you said, I said
1: a, I'm
0: sorry, like you said, yeah, just if they can knock out Verlander, they definitely have a chance, for sure.
1: I just think if they can take a game in Houston, yeah, of the first two, I I, I think they really have a shot because they're. Minnesota's definitely a home team. They've always been. Absolutely. Even when they played in the Dome, they've always been a home team. Yeah. But you know what? It, I, I said it before. like I forget who I said it to, but the, this team gives me 1987 vibes. Oh, yeah. They won, they won the division with 85 wins in 1987. And it, it was like, all right, not a really good team, not supposed to beat anybody, but... They just got it done, and like you said, that was the last time someone hit two home runs in a game for the Twins, and that was Gary Gaetti in Game One against the Tigers in 1987. Oh yeah, wow! They just dominated in 1984. The Tigers were a good team, still at Alan Trammell, still at Kirk Gibson, still at Lou Whitaker, still at all those guys, and we wound up beating
0: them.
1: Wow! You know, so this team just has that vibe to me. You know, that they they just have something there. Yeah. You know, so maybe we'll see. But I think the Twins can take it. I I really think they can take down the Astros.
2: I'm going to go Minnesota in five, too. Something's off with this Houston team. I like the Twins.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to, I guess since we're doing our predictions – like, for every series. Um, like they say on college game day, I want to save the graphic. I'm going to go with the Astros. Um, but I want the Twins to win, obviously, for like for reasons that we all know. Uh, I hate the Astros with a passion, but I <laughs> I just think that I, I think, like I said, the experience is going to come into play. I think the Astros winning – uh, or making it to the ALCS six straight years is is gonna put them all over the edge. Um, so they win in five. It's gonna be con- highly contested. But I, they will. I think they end up uh, uh, closing it out. Especially when you know you go, you end up going home in the fifth game. So I think that's what, what it's gonna come down to: home field advantage, the experience. So let's move on to the next ALC, AL division series: Rangers, Rangers versus Orioles, which was very close when they played each other during the season. Uh, it actually was tied 3-3 the season series. Um, they each won a, won a series. Uh, the Orioles won the first one, and the Rangers won the second. So it's definitely a tight battle. Um, they both kind of. They like kind of overachieved this season. I thought they were like ahead of schedule, especially the Rangers, um, Orioles. I knew were going to be good. Like I said, they were a team that's going to be a playoff team. Like I thought they had a cha- definitely had thought they had a chance at being a wildcard team this year, but they went and won 101 games, so wasn't a team I expected. But the Rangers weren't a team I expected to even make the playoffs at all. But you know, obviously, I thought the the Mariners were going to be ahead of them, and of course, Houston. But Rangers, you know, they 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 kind of surprised me. So uh, this is going to be an interesting series because it's two teams that haven't been here in a while. So you got it's pretty much inexperience versus inexperience in this series. So it'll be fun to watch all the young guys the Orioles have. You know the combination of young and old that the rangers have so it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun series
2: yeah kind of the young baltimore team are they ready for the moment right obviously one of the stories of the season for the mob but now the postseason's here and you get more experienced texas Rangers squad that has a good lineup can obviously hit with the best of anybody in baseball and bradish going game one is interesting I watched Mm -hmm. that kid pitch against the Blue Jays multiple times this season, and he is nasty. I think Baltimore's pitching staff is very underrated.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then Andrew Heaney going for the Rangers in game one, I just saw not too long ago. Um, That's an interesting one, too. Um, He's kind of a guy that has... Been up and down in his, in his career, so it's going to be what version of him do you get, and can he shut down the Orioles' bats that have, you know, been been so good this year? It's an interesting choice for me
1: yeah. because I thought they'd go Dane Dunning. Mm-hmm. Um, the Orioles are much better against left-handed pitchers. So it seems interesting to me that they would go with Heaney and not Dunning. But Dunning's also pitched 20 more innings than he ever has in his career. Mm. So maybe they're, maybe they're going Heaney. And Heaney was, you got to remember, Heaney was also in the bullpen. Until the last start of the year, he started and pitched four innings. eighty-five pitches, so they stretched him out for that. but. I, th- I just think it's an interesting choice for Bochi. I wonder what he's got up his sleeve as far as that goes. Like I said, because Heaney's been in the bullpen, so has Martin Perez. And Dunning's been pitching, and Dunning pitched Sunday. So why not keep Dunning on regular rest and Heaney in the bullpen? But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what. But I'll I never doubt Bochy. Mm, no, he's got three World Series rings, man. I'm not. I'm not doubting the guy. Yeah. So I, I just wonder what he's got up his sleeve as far as like this first start goes until he gets to Jordan Montgomery and Vivaldi in Game Two and Three. Um, I like the Rangers in the series. I really do. I like the the hitting is. Their lineup's just on. They're on point right now.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And I don't think I like Braddish. Uh, the, the Orioles starting staff surprised the shit out of me this year. Oh, yeah. Because the way they started off was garbage. Yeah. Braddish and Creamer were horrible in the beginning of the season. And when you told me Braddish, Creamer, Kyle Gibson are going to start as your one, two, three this year. Uh, yeah, the lineup's fine, but you're winning the AL East and you win in a hundred games I, I was like no, no, not happening, but They proved me wrong before so I, I Just don't know. I, I just think the Rangers take this And honestly, I think they take it in four. I don't really think it's gonna be that much of a battle
0: Yeah, actually I was gonna pr- say the same thing. I think I think the Rangers win it in four also uh, I, like you said, they kind of, they're, they definitely surprised a lot of people this year, being so, you know, winning all those games that they did, and Rangers' offense is just on a roll, you know, Corey Seekers an MVP candidate at, at this point, and uh, just I think they're going to be too much for this Orioles team.
2: I'm going to go Baltimore in five. I think I love this Orioles lineup. Obviously, guys like Rushman and Santander, like, they're deep. They're fun. They had an awesome season. I think they're ready for the moment. I expect this pitching staff to be good enough to keep them in the game. I think they can wear down a Rangers staff, and I think they pull it out.
0: Okay. But let me move on to the National League. Uh, like I said earlier, two division battles in the division series. The Do- first one is Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks, and it was pretty close uh, for the-, the season series. Although the Dodgers did sweep the final two, so they ended up having it uh, go 2-2 in the first series. One uh, Dodgers uh, were 1-3 in the second, and then and then they went up sweeping. It was a two-game series and then a three-game series to finish off. So Dodgers kind of had the D- Diamondbacks' number uh, late in the season. But, um, you know, it's a different animal when she gets to the postseason. Diamondbacks are on a roll. They're hot. And hot teams win in this. when you get Once you get to October, hot teams are the ones that come out on top. And Dodgers, like we talked about, just I don't think they have the pitching. And the Diamondbacks... Do have the pretty good pitching. They have the the offense with led by Cor- uh, Carol and Marino, uh, Lourdes Gurriel. They they have what it, I think they have what it takes to keep up with the or keep up with the Dodgers, and uh, we're gonna have to face face a future Hall of Famer in Game One against Kershaw. But he, I think they can knock him out early, to be honest, because. That offense is dangerous. So that's that's my pick. I'm going to go with yeah. Diamondbacks in five for that series.
2: Obviously, it's a series that you would feel really good about as a Diamondbacks fan because obviously we know that Dodgers lineup still has big names in it. And they can hit with the best of them like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Bats, but this Dodgers pitching staff doesn't, it's not what it's been in years past. Obviously, it's Kershaw, but then after that, it's you know, Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, where if Arizona can find a way to score enough runs, I think Gallen, Merrill Kelly, they have enough arms to win games in this series, and they have a very realistic chance of pulling off the upset. Yeah.
1: I agree with that. I like I actually like the Diamondbacks in this area. I think the Dodgers are not nearly as dangerous as they used to be, even their lineup.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you have bats Bess and Freeman obviously you know, basically two and three in the MVP voting.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: beyond the corner. Oh yeah, but I mean, you know they they have two of the best players in the National League. But you have Muncie, all, all right, right, Will yeah. Smith, JD Martinez, who's thirty eight years old. James Outman. Uh, yeah, 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 Altman. I mean James yeah. Walter. It's just not to me it's not as deep. Yeah. To me it's not as scary. No. And their pitching staff is definitely not as scary. No. When you take out Uri when you remove Urias and Bueller from that Be starting really, staff, and you put in Bobby Miller and Ryan Pepeo, it gets thick I love quick, Miller yeah. and Pepeo as prospects, but when, when you put them in there in a playoff situation, I don't know. Going against Galen and Kelly, mm-hmm. I just don't know about that.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think the Diamondbacks, I actually say Diamondbacks in four.
0: Wow. I'm gonna say I think D-backs they can take four it down. Okay. So it's gonna be Dodgers in three.
1: <laughs> Let's see what Bob Nightingale says. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then vote against it. Yeah. <laughs> I just the Diamondbacks lineup is just rolling right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just don't know about. I just don't know about the Dodgers pitching.
0: No. If Gabby Moreno you know, hits I think player. they could just outscore them.
2: If Gabby Moreno hits another big home run in this series, Jays fans are not going to be okay.
0: Are you going to be okay? I don't know. Man, listen.
1: The Twins traded fucking David Ortiz. Oh, my God. (laughs) Get over
0: it.
1: (laughs) Get over this shit.
0: (laughs) It's very true, Johnny. Very true. Forget that. They They traded Josh Donaldson. The GOAT. Yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> um, but the last series is Braves-Phillies. And we talked about before, uh, Phillies are dangerous and or might be the only team that can take out the Braves. Uh, and it was pretty close in the season series for this one as well. Eight, uh, Braves won it 8-5. It was split in the first series, a four-game series, and then the Braves swept the two-game series, then won three out of four, and then the Phillies took the last series two out of three. So it's kind of back and forth. Um, But now we get to the postseason, and the Phillies are their team, like we talked about, that knocked the Braves out last year and ended up going off to the World Series last year, of course. And they're a team that could do it. I think they could do it again. And they have, of course, the offense, and they have pretty solid pitching. Uh, Rangers Suarez going game one, which it's going to be tough, I think, in game one. It might be end up being a pitcher's duel because Spencer Strider on the other side for the Braves. So he's the one guy I think that can not that can you know shut down this Phillies lineup. But overall, I think the Phillies have. You no, they have the firepower power to take these guys out again, and I I have I have to pick the Phillies to, get, to win, but it's going to be a back and forth series. I think it's going to I honestly think it might go like where the Phillies or the Braves win the first game and then it goes to the Phillies and then you know back and forth like that until the Phillies take it in five. So that's my pick.
2: Yeah, toughest series, I think, to call out of these four that are set to happen in the divisional round where, obviously, we were talking earlier, Alex, I love this Phillies team. I think they have a mojo about them. The lineup's deep. They're hitting right now. They're getting good pitching, but the Braves are just so good. Uh Like, this Braves team is so phenomenal where they have such a deep lineup they have quality arms like a good bullpen they just have no weaknesses where I want to believe in this Phillies team but it's so hard to pick against the Braves yeah well
1: I'm going to pick against the Braves <laughs> and I'm going to go I'm going to go the
0: Phillies in three. Oh my
1: wow God. I think they take them down.
0: Wow! They wow. take them down completely. Wow!
1: I think they pummel them in game one with Ranger Suarez starting, and then
0: Wheeler and Nola mm-hmm. shut it down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If the Phillies take the first game, they they're in a really good spot with Wheeler and Nola. If they so, can beat right.
2: Strider, like we have a series.
1: Strider was in. I mean, Strider's got the strikeouts, but don't act like he doesn't have, like, what, a 3.5 ERA? Very Mm -hmm. true. Like, I mean, the dude gives up runs.
0: Yeah.
1: And the Phillies are a lot of strikeout or – I mean, you know, strikeout or nothing, (laughs) Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, yeah. I mean, you know, they – so, if Schwarber gets a hold of one, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I I just think the Phillies got their number.
0: Yeah.
2: I think
1: the Phillies have their number in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I think the Phillies take it, sweep it. Wow. I'll
2: be the odd man out. Give me the Braves.
0: Honestly, never been that bold to predict a sweep for some reason. Like I just, I think especially in like a a, a best of five series, it's, nah. it's always tough nah. to predict a sweep. I don't know, some just, but you know, never know. It definitely can happen. Especially in
2: baseball, baseball so unpredictable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well it you know
1: sometimes there is a sweep a lot of times there is a sweep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We saw it with you know once they went to the three game wild card, yeah, seven of the eight series have been two nothing. Yeah. So been sweeps with that.
0: So yeah that was um, previewing each series so I guess it'll probably pretty much wrap it up from here but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, since we haven't done a show in a while about what's next for this podcast I definitely want to do episodes throughout the playoffs so definitely try to hop on after the division series as well and go over recapping that that series and then, going into the championship series, previewing that, giving, our, giving some predictions. Um, so we'll see what everybody's schedule's like um, and who can come on, but at, at the very least, I'll come on myself and do a record, but uh, hopefully, you know, Johnny and Chris, whoever else wants to come on can come on and do that, preview that, and then eventually previewing the World Series as well.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Alex. And, of course, uh, I was just going to say keep it locked. Third down Thursdays. A lot of quality mm -hmm. content coming out. I know Johnny's working hard on some playoff previews and obviously the football season in full swing. The boys are putting out stuff almost every day, so stay tuned.
1: I'm down definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Previews will be coming out tomorrow morning. Nice. For the ALNNO. You know, get it ready for tomorrow. Starting all the series. It's kind of weird, actually. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, it's kind of weird with the National League. They play Saturday tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but then they play Monday, and then they play Wednesday.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: It's weird how they split this up. Like,. Mm -hmm. It's just odd how they did the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: The National League has so many off days, like already.
0: Yeah.
1: Name an extra off day from the American. League.
2: Just weird.
0: Yeah, and my stuff on, Thursday, on Thursdays. I'll be uh, from you know from the rest of the season. I'll I'm recapping the Eagles games, and I'm also going to be coming out with a kind of a deep dive into the Yankees season, what went wrong, and what they can do to fix it going into next season. Um, So look out for that. Um, Also look out, I've been doing top 25 for college football. I've kind of been doing it uh, every other week, Um, and then also going to be starting up some Heisman watch as well for college football Uh, once we get past like mid mid season i'm going to be doing that so definitely a lot of content coming out so definitely keep it locked stay tuned for more Um, and thank you so much for tuning back into this podcast i know it's been so long but if you came back um really appreciate that um for you know, coming back and listening to our opinions and our thoughts and our you know anal- analysis on on these uh, baseball po- uh, postseason. So it's it's been fun. Thanks for coming on, guys. Again, of course.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah. As always.
0: So yeah, stay tuned and of course. Can't end the podcast without saying this, you can never have too much pod tar.